This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. This is Double Tap Canada. Welcome to Double Tap Canada, the show where blind people talk tech. Have your say. Call or text us at 844-971-1999. That's 844-971-1999. Tweet at Double Tap Canada. Find us on Facebook. Just search for Double Tap Canada. Now here's your favorite Double Tappers. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Double Tap Canada. It is I, Stephen Scott, back with you once again, along with my chums. We're talking tech once again. Believe it or not, yes, this is a tech show. Honest. Uh, with me, as always, I've got Mark Hello! And we also have Sean Beautiful, thank you. Are you right, Stephen? You sound a bit flat today. Not usual. Flat? Hyper self, yeah. I haven't been flat since I was born. <laughs> How dare you? Have you had your coffee? Well, I'm actually just, I've just put the coffee out and mm. I've just stirred in my two sugars. So no, I think no. I'm good to go. Yeah, nice. okay. This is going to be quite, at the start of the show, it's going to be quite calm. And then about halfway in, it's going to get a bit manic. That's usually how this goes. Is that goes. how this goes? <laughs> it's usually the other way around. <laughs> oh, how's your week been, Mark? Uh, not great. <laughs> okay. Gossip. Let's talk about it. <laughs> Let's not. Let's talk about all your Let's problems. Let's just not. Let's okay. just not. You know what? Here's, you know, it's it's that kind of tech related because our good friends over at Adobe um, decided to push an update out last week. Great update. You know, lots of great updates to all their software across the board. One of the key elements that they upgraded in their uh, Premiere software, which is their video editing suite, was a complete rework of the whole caption workflow. So you can imagine when you're producing a television show on a weekly basis, one for a network like Accessible Media Inc., you would need to, you know, work with captions. Um, Unfortunately, there were many bugs in this workflow, uh, some related to just the installation on my computer, which, of course, four hours later, Spending, we figured out that if we clear all my preferences, suddenly it fixes the problem, even though that's not really a fix, that's kind of just a last resort. Yeah. Um, so we, we got through that one, and then uh, we got to another bug, which was you know, when I export the final video file that you guys watch on television, the captions were no longer in sync with the actual video. Um, to which I'm like, well, everything looks fine here. And they receive it on their end, and no, no, it's not fine there. And then I open it up again here, and I'm like, oh, wait a second, no. If you look at it after the fact, it's all over the place. So we're still working through this, um, but that consumed my entire Monday. Can you just roll back to the earlier version? So here's the problem, is that when you have a session, a session file, a project file, once you open that project file in the new version, it makes an upgrade to that project file in this particular version, which means that project file is no longer able to open in the older rolled back version. So yes, that was an attempt, and that was a failed attempt, and that was a head meet table uh, event. <laughs> yeah, had a few of those. Uh, yeah, that sounds absolutely fun. I remember calling you on Monday, and I, I think when you answered FaceTime, your face, although I couldn't really see your face very well, I got the sense from your voice, and it kind of married up, I think, uh, where it was, I don't want to talk about this, but it's not good. 
and we just we, we didn't speak again after that and I thought well, let's just sometimes friends just know when to leave friends alone and uh, this was that moment for me I, I didn't think it was time for me to sit and wax on about some utter nonsense that I often do yeah, it was, uh, so it was I decided not to it was yeah, just one of those days. One of those days. I've also, I don't know about you guys, but I've actually, I don't know how many Zoom meetings you sit on on a weekly basis, but it's, it's, been, it's been a lot. So I've actually been um, scheduling meetings on the phone lately. I no longer, I no longer do Zoom meetings if I don't have to. So this week has been a lot of meetings on the phone. There's one Zoom meeting, um, but man, do I feel um, less tired for not staring at screens. Mm. Uh, whoa, 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 hang on! You mean not running Zoom on the phone? You mean actual phone no, no, calls? No, no, phone calls. I'm actually, That's I'm ridiculous. actually, I know. Isn't that crazy? Going back in time. I know, I know, and uh, and it just, uh, it actually does relieve stress. I think, and I think that uh, if you don't need to see the person, then just turn that screen off and just have the conversation. You could still audio use only. Zoom only, oh, yeah, you know, audio only. It's always the way to go. Yeah, but here's the thing, right? I mean, I, I've said this in a lot of meetings I go into. I don't tend to put the camera on. I'm not a big fan of camera on in meetings because, you know, more often than not, I'm eating something at the or same naked. time. Uh, or naked, yeah. And uh, both situations I don't think appeal to anybody on the other end. So for that reason, I tend to... I mean, there was a situation, I think yesterday you FaceTimed me, Mark, at one point, and I quickly had to find my T-shirt very quickly. Um, well, you know, it was, it was roasting here yesterday. The weather, it was ridiculous. And I don't go outside. I'm not insane. Uh, I stick to the rules. I'm told I'm a good boy. Uh, so I stayed in the house. And, uh, you know, but I was roasting. So I thought, right, I'll put on my, uh, take my T-shirt off while I'm sitting here working away on my emails. And then Mark calls. And I think, yeah, this isn't going to go down well. Although, um, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, <laughs> f- full disclosure, I wasn't wearing socks yesterday. <gasps> oh, I-, I haven't worn socks since the beginning of the pandemic. What's happening to these Zoom meetings? I don't it's know. Like it's just, Sodom it's, and Gomorrah. It's going to hell. It's terrible. Going to hell. My wife actually caught me. She goes, you know, uh, examine your zipper over there. And I said, what are you talking about? I'm like, I don't have to zip up anymore. No one sees my pants. <laughs> exactly. It's so exactly. much quicker no when I get to go to the washroom. I mean, it's just... Anyhow. This has taken a turn. Zoom it is funny, though, when you, when you wear certain clothes and you think to yourself, you forget that the bottom half maybe isn't what you would wear to a meeting. So maybe at the top you've got maybe a jumper on or a nice T-shirt on or something, and then you forget that you're wearing Batman pants, and you, you get up and, and sort of move around the room, and someone says, oh, I love your pants. And you're like, Oh no! Sorry, you weren't meant to see that. I've got a, um, I've got a brilliant idea, and I think it's going to be happened. it's going to be all the rage once <laughs> we get closer to the end of the tunnel here, the end of the, where the light at the end of the tunnel is. There's going to be lots of parodies, and I, I deserve a little bit of percentage here if you guys use this um, of people walking to office office spaces without pants, without shoes. Yes. Just yeah, just uh, lots of parodies. So uh, I said it here first. It's my original well idea. Done. Copyright, well, you know, trademark. My original idea, I mean, obviously I came up with Google as well, but I think they just got there maybe a day before me. Ah. Um, so it always happens, right? Always um, but no, that. it's always the same. But no, the one idea I came up with, and I thought this is a great idea, and then I Googled it, and it turned out it already existed, was suit onesies. That's the answer to everything right there. <laughs> a onesie that says suit. I mean, you think it's crazy. Yes, and it is. No, but when you think about it, when you really think about it, not like yeah. you, Sean. When, when proper people really think about it, it makes a lot of sense. There's no. It's funny because Stephen rang me yesterday and said, "I've got a meeting, but can you tell I'm still in bed?" I mean, you know, I was well, that, I was checking. I was that checking says a the, lot. 
how does this sound? And you know, as I, do I sound different when I'm lying down uh, to sitting up? And that's what I was trying to work out. You see, <sighs> so you need it up there. You, you know, you can record yourself in both positions and see if there's a difference. But I don't think I can tell though. I can't really tell because always, you know, you always sound the same to yourself, right? But when you hear someone else, you've got to get someone else's ears on that one. I think. Yeah, but no, that's always I, a I great call to get. Can you tell I'm in bed? <laughs> Sean gets great calls from me. It's like I want to test something. What on earth are we testing now? Uh, it's never something good, you know. It's always something terrifying. Uh, look, should we talk about speakers? I, I follow, before we get into speakers, because I know that's what's yeah, on the running order. Yeah, let's talk speakers, um, please. Yeah, because it's a tech show, honest. Um, I, I want to talk about the speakers, but I want to talk about Apple first. At this point in time, is there any news of an Apple event? You know what? I think uh, you need to change the source of your information. Um, uh, if it's if it comes from John Prosser. <laughs> Forget it. <laughs> I would I would say that the credibility factor there is not terribly high. Um, I think if you follow him on Twitter, you'll realize that even he believes his credibility isn't very high anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he constantly threatens to shave his eyebrows. At this point, I don't know if he has eyebrows to shave. <laughs> no, I think he's well, here, I, well, fallen out with all these attempts he's had at the air tags. Um, nothing's I, launched. I mean, it might be that an event might occur. As in a drop may happen on the 23rd. I saw Brian Tong yesterday, famous YouTuber. He was on talking about, uh, you know, he said, I think we'll all just get up early on uh, the 23rd anyway, just on the hope that something arrives on the website because it looks like no event is happening. But then it could still drop any point. It could just drop. Um, yeah, how much notice do we need? Yeah, I mean, they typically do two weeks notice if it was a physical event, and lately it's been a week notice if it's not mm -hmm. a physical event. So um, I, I guess we're not going to see something next week yeah. but Could there's a you know march is a long month you know there's five weeks in march this year so that's true yeah. perhaps yeah. we'll see something on i don't know march 30th no, we'll who see. knows Not john and then prosser, and then john apparently. prosser will say oh no you know i was wrong i meant invitations are going out on the 23rd of course that's what's of going on i really yeah. just hope that one of these events um tim cook or somebody of note at apple starts the event saying Gotcha, John. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be great? It's, it's, that's a Craig Federici thing to say, is it not? He oh. would get up on stage and say something. Either that, like that. or Phil Schiller, if you. Or was Phil Schiller, Schiller yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I'll tell you though. Although we do have an Apple event to talk about, and we were all very excited. Well, I was anyway. I'm really looking forward to an Apple event. Um, I don't know why, but I just am. I think a new iPad Pro is definitely my horizon. So you know, I think my, my battery in mine is just gone. It's shot to pieces. I don't quite know why. So I'm having a look at uh, that if it comes out. But um, there are a few things they've discontinued, more interestingly, perhaps. Um, and, and some people have thought this is maybe why there's a lead up to an event coming. Maybe they're moving products along. Uh, the iMac Pro is out. Does anybody oh, care God. about the iMac Pro? Not, not anymore. I don't think anybody cares because there's a Mac Pro now, right? The iMac Pro came yeah. up first when there was no Mac Pro. So it was this kind of like transition computer i think for pro but people. now there's this gulf yeah. isn't there between what is the imac what is the uh, the mac mini and the mac pro there's a gulf of what? power uh and and i would argue and i know you're desperate on this sean but i i would put it out there that i think that the, a day will come where that we can't really talk about mac pro anymore because the power in these machines will be so that what will be pro what would you class as pro? I mean, look at what the, the base level Mac Mini is capable of at 699, right? Compared to, and I know, I mean, I, I'm intrigued mm. to find something that you're doing, Mark, on your Mac Pro. I know you do obviously all the video stuff for Double Tap TV. Um, I mean, what couldn't you do on your MacBook Pro M1 or your Mac Mini M1? 
would be my thoughts, you know? Um, Even at this early stage. You know what? The thing is, I'm so used to the workflow on the Mac Pro now that even though I have the M1 Mac Mini kind of back there in my room, I don't really. I don't really try to even do the the high end heavy workflow. I should maybe the next episode that I that I assemble, I'll do it. Solely. I'd be really intrigued because that's it, right? I mean, everybody's running tests on it and saying, "Oh, look, it can do this, it can do that." But you're right; it's the workflow that's key. What can you do? The one thing I miss on on the M1 is Windows. I, I miss the opportunity to have Windows on there, and I think when that happens, it's going <laughs> to be really exciting. Well, it does, doesn't it? Uh, but but it would be nice to have one machine that just did the lot rather than at the moment. But what do you what do you use two. on Windows that you really need Windows for? Well, well, this is interesting. We we were going to get into this a bit later, actually, weren't we? Because um, I've I've been tweeting a lot about this um, this week. Actually, people asking about using Windows as instead of the Mac. I've been moving back to Windows more, and again, it's it's uh, it's an accessibility issue for me. Microsoft Office, I'm sorry to say this, guys, but Microsoft Office on the Mac is not that accessible. And it's it's one thing saying accessible. Yes, the buttons are there and they're all labeled and it's all very lovely. But in terms of usability, it's just not there. And on the, the PC side, on Windows side, it's just so much more accessible, either with the free built-in screen reader, narrator, or with something that's paid like JAWS. It is fully accessible. I can get more done more quickly. I feel on a Mac, I'm constantly jumping around to find where I'm trying to be. I'm not enjoying that experience. At first, I was really loving, as we all know, because I was telling everybody this, how wonderful yeah. the Mac is in terms of getting around and using it. And, and it is. I mean, the Mac itself, with VoiceOver, brilliantly accessible system, but it has some flaws. And it's the there's a, a part of this mark called the interaction mode, which is really the, the key issue I have, which is when you move around the screen with a screen reader, you tend to tab. Now, if you think about your file explorer window, right, say on Windows or on the, on the Finder on the Mac, you know, you've got your sidebar, which has got all your, you know, documents and, and downloads and all those folders in there. Um, to navigate around on the Mac, you, you kind of navigate around by group. So you'll navigate the sidebar, then you'll navigate the toolbar, then you'll navigate the window where all the files are. But when you get to the, say, the sidebar, you then have to uh, invoke a key command to interact with that group of links. And it's that constant in and out and in and out thing that you're playing, where you're having to interact into the sidebar to get to downloads, out, interact out of it, uninteract, is that the right word? Out of it to get to the window where the files are. And then you've got to interact with that to get to that. So you've got about... Okay, Ten different on, commands is to this, get you there. Is this a Mac OS problem or is this a, a, a Microsoft Word problem? Or well, that's, that's, problem? A, that's a Mac issue because that's how VoiceOver is built. It's VoiceOver on Mac, yeah. VoiceOver on Mac, yeah. So that's how, Mac, that's how VoiceOver has been designed on the Mac. And some people love it. Some people absolutely adore it. I prefer to just literally tab my way and arrow my way through the system. And I can do that with Windows. I can go into, you know, I just shift tab into the sidebar on Windows and I can arrow up and down to downloads, even just single key, you know, D for downloads and I'm there and I can just hit enter and it drops me straight into the file list and I can navigate up and down. It's so much easier to move around more quickly um, than what it feels like. It, it, I almost describe it as everywhere you go, if you imagine a house where every single door had a lock on it and the only way in and out, you had to unlock and lock that door every single time you went in and out. That's the only way I can describe it, because that's that's what it's like. Imagine having to live in a house like that. It would be awful, right? It would just be time-consuming having to say, oh, well, hang on, what's the key for this? Right, I need to use that key to get into this room. Right, okay, get what I need. Back out, lock that door into the next room, unlock. And that's just the way it goes. So I'm, I'm finding to get stuff done, the more efficient I've become on VoiceOver, 
the more I've noticed the problems. And for that reason, I want to be more efficient and get stuff done quicker. And that's why I've gone back to the Windows. Well, you got you got to reach. I think you got to reach out to them. I think you got to reach out to not only Apple Oof. but also Microsoft. No, we have some contacts. <laughs> I think we have some contacts, and it's worth you know. Well, again, it's choice, that. right? It's it's two ways of doing things. I mean, I don't know it's like driving a car, but I imagine driving a, a BMW is different to driving a, a Mustang. I don't know if these are different cars. <laughs> Nothing about cars, but you know, I imagine there's differences in them, and there's reasons why you'd choose one over the other. And I think that's where we're at. So it's not a bad thing necessarily. I'm not complaining that it's a bad thing or that it should change. It sounds like you're complaining. He is well, complaining. I always yeah, complain. he is complaining. Isn't he? I am complaining. Yeah, but that's me, right? But other people might say, "Well, Stephen, you're wrong," and that's fine. But for Stephen? me, this is just my my view. Stephen, yes, Mark, you're, you're wrong. Okay, fine. Um, but I'll tell you what. <laughs> I'll tell you what okay. is interesting. Sean, come in on this because you can back me up on this. Uh, Sean's still here. <laughs> Sorry, no, I'm, 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 I'm listening. It's it doesn't fine. get a word in edgeways, does it? There's not got a chance. You, sorry, you were talking about discontinued products. Oh, you want to go back to that? Oh, Just before we don't go too way. far off track. track. Right, fine. Oh, God, how dare isn't you try case... to bring the show back on the rails? <laughs> the, the iMac Pro, isn't it a case of probably, you know, we're going to move on to everything being updated to the M1 chip, isn't it? Yeah. So they're probably putting out the Intel-based iMac Pro to pass to your <laughs> That's what they're doing. They're like, okay, which uh, Intel computer can we put to death? Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, how, <laughs> how, much, how much of a seller is the iMac Pro anyway, you know? so I think it was. I think it was before the Mac Pro came out, and I think it still is. A, you know, still was a good seller because it was a good, you know, kind of middle-of-the-road option. But I think there's a whole realignment going on now, right? There's a yes. whole whole shift. And I'm curious to see how it all lands in about a year from now, because there's clearly some like gaping holes in the lineup for like, we still, like the Mac mini when it was powerful enough, you know, is what convinced me to switch from a PC. Mm, I was yes. able to get a dedicated graphics card, 32 gigs of RAM in there. Uh, if sorry, 64 gigs of RAM in there, two drives, like the, the stuff I fit in that Mac mini blew me blew my mind. And that yeah. lasted me till about a year ago. Like that's when it died, yeah. so uh, I think there's still a hole in the market for a Mac Mini style device that's made for pros. Well, they're going to bring a, a Mac Mac Mini Pro of some kind around, aren't they? It's going to be like the Mac Pro, but a tiny version. Mac Pro Mini. There you go. That's what they'll call it. The Mac Pro Mini. That makes total sense. No, it's going to be the <laughs> Mac Pro Max. <laughs> You've got the Max. If that thing gets any bigger. You know, it'll come I'm going to rename mine to the building. Mac Pro Max. <laughs> and you'll so still the Mac Pro and the Mac Pro Max for the, the wheels and the feet and whatever. And the monitor arm. But that's the thing, though. What, what makes the difference between Pro? That still hasn't been really defined. Is it just the I.O.? Is it the amount of I.O. you can handle? Yeah. Uh, because the M1 still got a problem with that. But so, that's my issue with this. I don't know where we're going to go. Because, I mean, if M2, as the rumours say, is going to be amazing... And M1 has already blown our minds. Then you know what is Pro? Well, I think I think Sean has it there. I think Sean has the answer there, which is the Mac, Mm -hmm. the the M1. Sean, Sean, I'm saying Sean, you're right. That's a first. I've never heard this before. The M1 as we know it today. This was really let's test the waters. Let's release a couple small devices and let's see what people think. I don't think Apple expected the response and the power out of that chip that they got. So now. 
the M2 has really got to not only blow people's minds, but as you said, Sean, the IO needs to majorly, majorly jump up. We need to have Thunderbolt 4 on this. We need yep. like at least four USB Type C ports mm-hmm. that are Thunderbolt 4 and USB 3.0. Uh, you know, we need Wi Fi 6. Is there Wi Fi 6 on that? No, I don't think there's Wi Fi 6 on that. No, um, I think that, I think that is on the M1. We need 10 gigabit Ethernet. You know that option needs to be yes, there as well. That's definitely. these are things that make a computer pro, especially if we can't add you know more storage that's cost effective. If we're going to have to pay a thousand dollars for two terabytes of storage, that's yep. that's not going to cut it. You know we want to either be able to have Thunderbolt four so we can have good external storage, or the ability to upgrade at a at a better cost and this is where the ssd and the the typical hard drive mix was good because you can put a nice 512 gig ssd in there for your operating system and put a spinning hard drive for your data and you were happy so yeah. mark yes you're right okay moving on um <laughs> Oh, I, I, I'm a nice guy. I want to see your time. I'm quite impressed. I'm quite, thank, thank yeah. you. Thank you, Stephen. Um, let's talk about the speakers, though, because uh, this was another area. Oh, hang on. We went to a break, right? Okay, well, fine, I mean, we'll I can stop the music if you'd like. No, let's, let's go to a break because we want to talk about speakers. We've got other stuff to talk about as well. Smart tech is in the news this week. Um, the alternative, this is for Sean this week, the alternative oh, to Echo buttons. He's so excited about Echo buttons. Yeah, you were the only person on the on Earth to be excited. Maybe someone on Mars was interested because there's no one here interested in Echo Buttons, but Sean is. So we're going to talk about an alternative to that. And also, I've got a great idea if you are looking to an answer to flicking an actual switch at home. Oh, so I hate a that. smart way. Yeah, and remember using my fingers. It's horrible <laughs> to get into all that. On Double Tap Canada, stick around. This is Double Tap Canada. We'll be back in a moment. This is Double Tap Canada. Have your say right now. Call or text 1-844-971-1999 or email feedback at ami.ca. Now, back to the show. Well, guys, our running order this week is running like the British train service. Late. <laughs> Considerably late, I know what actually. you're talking about. Listen, the only people that know there's a running order or a script or some kind of direction here is us. And now you've just given away that secret. So yeah, everybody the out magic. there was going, oh, this is great. This show's awesome. They're talking about all this fun stuff. And now they think it's off the rails. Thanks, Stephen. Oh, they, you're wrong, they knew Stephen. it was off the rails long before I mentioned anything about running order. <laughs> they saw the description of the show. And like, this is going to yeah, be exactly. off the rails. The fact I say to people, this is a tech show, honest tells you a lot, yeah. right? Gives them a hint. Um, yeah, let's talk about speakers, because uh, Apple discontinued not only the iMac Pros we were talking about, but also the HomePod. That was weird. My original HomePod is dead! Uh, get one oh. while you can. Like, if you want another one, you want to grab it while supplies last. <laughs> yeah, I know. Stereo care. Okay, I've got two already. Now I'm looking at them like, what use are you to me? Straight in the I bin. was still blown away by the sound on that speaker. When I first turned that up, and I'm like, okay, let's see what this thing could do. I'm like, oh, my God. It is pretty good. I mean, it's yeah. a great speaker. A great speaker. I saw an article this week um, where people were talking about, you know, should Apple be doing this? Should they be going down this route? Should they just stick to phones and computers and just stop doing all this? You know, it feels in some ways like the 90s when, you know, Apple did everything. Remember, they had their own printers and their own monitor lineups and everything else. Yeah. Is it is it maybe time that they just got back to focusing on what they were good at, or is this perhaps a sign of something else to come? I mean, what's your takeaway from from the HomePod's discontinuation, Mark? Um, you know, I, sometimes I wonder the same thing. I wonder if Apple 
has created certain products to react to other companies doing things. Like Apple TV was one of those things. I'm like, this is going to be weird. Like, unless it really kind of comes into its own, which it did. You know, it's still one of the best media players that that exist out there. And I don't think they're paying enough attention to that product. And then you see them release things like the, the HomePod, which on the smart AI side of things is completely lacking. Like, there's no way anybody's getting a HomePod to try and interact with it in your home. It's no. just not even, it's not even a thing, right? So you're no. getting it to be a speaker. Really, that's calling kind of all you're doing. I have the, the HomePod mini, which is, I like using it actually to transfer my phone calls to it, using it as a speaker phone yeah, because it's too. small and it's kind of right in front of me. But in terms, I mean, yeah, it's great sound, but I mean, there's so many other companies out there that you could promote and that's what they used to do. Apple, you know, before they were making headphones, you'd walk into their stores and you'd be listening to the iPod That's on right. these great Bauer and Wilkins headphones. They yep. promote yep. great brands that are doing things as as well as they are. And now they're trying to take that market away from those people, which, you know, focus on what you do good. You know, let that Apple TV well, get they better. Did, the trouble is, they, they as you said, those HomePods sounded amazing. So in true Apple fashion, you know, they did it better than anyone else yeah. for the size of that speaker. The audio is amazing, but people are comparing it and, you know, maybe unfairly because Apple have never said this is a smart speaker. This is an Apple music accessory, if you like, for playing great sound, uh, great music. So when we compare it to the likes of, you know, a, a Google or uh, an Echo, it's unfair because it's not made for the smart side of it. It's made purely for the audio. But whether Apple should actually be bothering with that, I do feel like Apple have got a tendency almost to leave things too long and almost you know neglect it. Like the Apple TV, like you, Mark, it's a great media player. But the big thing for me was the App Store on the Apple TV. That was going to be amazing. And you know what? It hasn't been. It, it feels like there's so much potential, almost like the Apple Watch. Yes, it's yeah. great. But the potential, there's far more potential than is actually being used. You know used. what's funny That's is disappointing. The, um, the Xbox One, when that first came out, had one of the best interfaces for media playback. And one of the reasons was is because they had an HDMI input that allowed you to plug in your cable yeah. or satellite provider and pass ah. through and control it with Connect. So you'd be able to use not only hand motions, but you could use your voice to actually watch your regular cable or satellite provider. This was before streaming was becoming really popular, but I yep. thought they had the right the right idea there. And I, and I was thinking to myself, what could the best Apple TV be? And I thought to myself, that would be the best interface, right? Because the cool thing about the Apple TV and the whole Apple ecosystem is if it was a skin in front of everything else, you know, so yep. when your doorbell rang, no matter what you're watching on your TV, you could see that on your screen. Or when your phone rings, you could see the caller and you could transfer it to your screen if it's a FaceTime call, that kind of stuff. Maybe add a camera to it in some way, shape or form. So if you were able to kind of have Apple TV in front of everything else that was going on in your home, I thought that was going to be a really cool solution. Now, it's kind of become that way because we're now moving away from having a third-party cable box and having all these streaming channels. But I think everybody in this space is struggling to find a way to make a one interface that gives you access to everything that might be out there. But that's, and, that's yeah. because nobody wants a single interface. They all want their interface. They want their interface. The but as a consumer, I think that's led to a lot of confusion in the market. And yeah. I think that led to a lot of, I mean, I'm spending probably the same amount of money per month 
that I was spending when I had a satellite dish on my, on my, on my house. Yeah. It's yeah. not more. Subscriptions. Right. Yeah. And I don't realize it because I'm getting charged four bucks for this, six bucks for this, 15 bucks mm-hmm. for this. And it's kind of like, it's, I don't feel like I'm spending it. But you are. But I am. <laughs> I yeah. seem to remember when, uh, I can't remember, was it when the Apple TV was launched or maybe it was the Apple TV Plus service, but there was like, they were showing a, a live basketball, no, yeah, basketball game. And they were overlaying, you know, stats on that and uh, maybe Twitter feeds and things like that from the Apple TV. And it, it was that whole getting the live on-air channels in there. And that was, that to was more to do with the channel, though, wasn't it? It was like CBS or one of the big networks. No, but it was it was exactly kind of what I'm talking about. Yeah. It was, I think it was demo on stage. Yeah. When yeah, they was, were yeah. talking about one of these generations of the Apple TV. I mean, not, not the first ones, but I think I, I recall that as well. They also demonstrated, I think, was it Wimbledon with, with multiple screens and you That's could pick right. your yeah. angles. That's right. Yeah. You have your interactive feed. I, I, listen, you know, ITV, interactive TV was what, you know, they used to call this way back when. When it was still, you know, trying to convince cable and satellite providers to incorporate some kind of interaction, yeah. I think it was in the UK that Wimbledon was available on. Um, you could pick your angle, you could pick your court mm-hmm. that you want to watch, which all it is is really just multiple, multiple channels of, of content channels. and yeah. just some interface where you can just pick the channel you want to watch, right? Um, but I, I think TV media consumption is still no one, no one's figured it out yet. No well, one's got a, the model. There's, there's a lot of reasons for that, right? And it, it ultimately is because you're dealing with a lot of legacy. These broadcasters that don't want things to change necessarily, they see issues around money, they see issues around advertising, they don't see the benefits in this. I mean, that's it's gonna, very difficult. That's going to go away, though, I think. I think of course it will. It's going to go away because people who are creating the content are eventually, and I think we're seeing this now, they're going to um, try to retain as much rights as they can. They want to create, you know, keep the control, and if they have their own platform to release it, or if they want to release it online or put it behind a paywall, it's not that hard to do anymore. No. So this means that the traditional model, which was, and I know Canada is a good example, and I know the UK, I think, is kind of like this too, um, you know, because here in Canada, there's three or four major players that are in the cable TV business or satellite business, and they had the rights to all these networks, right? Mm-hmm. And slowly but surely, those rights are going away. They still broadcast them, but they're not making as much money through them. You could still get that one interface from Bell Satellite, for example, and tune into all these networks that are live. But when it comes to accessing that content afterwards, it's not on Bell you're going to find them. It's on the CBS app or the Paramount yes, app, as they call right. it now, on the Disney app. So now I think we're in a stage where everybody's trying to figure out, okay, What's our platform with our own stuff so we can make the most money direct to the consumer? And then once everybody gets their rights back, which is probably within the next five to ten years, that's when we're going to see a crumbling of the cable and satellite providers. There's a which, is, which is good, but I also really have to say at this point, I think for the blind community, we're left behind on all this stuff in a lot of ways. I mean, yes, the apps may be. Yeah, we are. And I'll tell you why. I mean, on two fronts. One, the app accessibility can be a big issue. Yeah. Uh, we're seeing that all the time with all these major players. Their apps are often not very well laid out in HBO. terms of accessibility or even Even on Apple TV? Um, I, well, I can't speak to Apple TV specifically, but then that would say that everybody has to buy that box if you're blind to use their channel. Most people want to watch stuff on their phone, right? So there's that aspect to it. Then there's the audio description angle, where you will not find a lot of these programs having audio descriptions. So someone like me, someone like Sean, will not be able to watch the content via these channels. 
Um, and that's and even on Apple TV, where a lot of these apps may exist, they will not have nope. the. I mean, a good example in the UK, ITV, one of the major broadcasters, I know they're putting a huge amount of effort in. Um, you know, the contacts I've got there, they, they, they're trying so hard to push more content out there. But right now, if you want to watch television that's audio described on demand from ITV, for example, just to pick on that one channel, you have to download the iOS app or the app, the Android app. Okay, that's good. It's available there. But if you've got the Apple TV app, yes, the app is fully accessible on it. No AD, no audio description content. So, so here's, I think, what's, what, what needs to happen, really, is that, you know, a company. This is a major hole in the market where a, a company like Apple should sweep in here and realize that this is a major need and step up their game and make sure that every app that's on their Apple TV or any media consumption app adheres to their their, their standards or they just not they don't yeah. exist. They shouldn't You're be right. there. It should be mandatory. Yes. It should be absolutely mandatory and not only for visual impaired, any disability whatsoever, it should be mandatory well, for it to be right. there. Well, that's right. I mean, this isn't just about this isn't just about blindness, right? Or yeah. audio description. This is about captioning. This is about signing. This is about all these other aspects of getting access to content. There's a lot of deaf people out there who do not have any access either. So it's not just blind people who lose no, eye. And it should be it should be mandatory. Like you should not yeah. be able to release a movie. You should not be able to if it's not in the, available in your language. But do you, you know, know what needs to happen? People need to think about it differently. This is what happened with audiobooks. Audio when when Amazon came out with the Audible ad that said, you know, hey, if you're going out for a run, take your books with you. Listen to them in Audible. That, there was a marked change there. That yeah. changed the business model. It went from being something that was done to appease blind people so that we could still get access to some books. Bearing in mind that at that time, if you walked into, I don't know what a major bookstore is in Canada. Um, chapters, Indigo. Chapters, right. Okay, so like if you walked into Chapters, I imagine it to be a huge building with lots of books in it. You'd be lucky to find one shelf full of content that had uh, well, that was available oh, in audio. That amount of books would be available out of that entire store. That's changed considerably for two reasons. One, brilliant campaigning by charities around the world who've put together huge campaigns to push this, and companies like Amazon with Audible advertising this as a mainstream product, therefore making it more appealing to you, Mark. You know, it's like, hey, do you know what? I'll just listen to this in audio yeah. in the car or whatever else. That's what we need to do with audio description. If you get that right, then you can say to people, hey, look, you're on the treadmill. You want to this, catch up with the crown? Listen to it. And this is this is the other part of my argument with this, you know, where there's a hole in the market for someone to sweep in is is on the on the description thing, you know, and we've talked about it. And on, on AMI, they use something called integrated describe video, um, which I think should be a standard. It should be a standard across the board. I think there should be, you know, there should be classes and certifications that if you're writing for a visual medium, you should have to pass a certification in integrated describe video so that you are writing things in a way that description is there. That way you don't have to worry about getting something described after the fact. You're already writing it with description in mind. And for those who have no clue what I'm talking about here, it's the difference between, you know, a scene where a woman walks into a flower shop that, you know, all you hear is a door opening. You have no idea what she's walking into. And she goes, yeah, well, well but forget it. Pretend, pretend that ka-ching is not there. And she goes, hi, I'd like that pot. You know, I want to buy that pot. 
That's great, but that gave you no description. If that was described, you have this big old voice that comes in after the fact that doesn't understand the context of the story. And all you see, woman walks into a flower shop. She sees lots of flowers. She asks the guy behind the counter for flower shop. Okay, that's great. It got you description, but you're you're at a deficit because you're not getting the full you know the the, the emotion of the scene. Whereas if all all the script changes would be. Oh, let me open this door. God, that's heavy. Oh, wow, this is a really nice flower shop. Look at all the pots on the wall. Excuse me, sir, can I have that one there, the third shelf down on the left? Yeah. That's it. That's it. Well, How you hard know, was he, that? Here in the UK, we have a tradition of uh, radio uh, drama, and, and <laughs> that is exactly what that is. And it's it's actually writing stuff to be more, uh, you know, you have to do it in radio drama because it would make sense otherwise. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's really interesting you say that. You know, I, I remember watching London Has Fallen. You know that, um, what's his name? Scottish guy, Gerard Butler. Gerard Butler, it? yeah. Uh, he's he's in this film. And if you ever get a chance to see it, Mark, with the, turn the audio description on. There's a scene where uh, <laughs> Westminster Bridge or one of the bridges in London gets blown up, right? And it gets to the point where it's about to happen. It goes, there's a kind oh, of view, no. there's a view over um, the Thames. And it's kind of static for a couple of seconds, I guess. And the audio describer comes on and says, the bridge blows up. And then kaboom! And it's like, well, there was no emotion in that whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, it was and just like... And can you imagine if you created that movie and you're the writer behind it? I, 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 exactly, I You know what? Yeah. I bet you that none of these people, none of these directors, producers, or any of them, okay, listen or watch that movie with described video. No, of course they right. Because yeah. if they no. did, they would be appalled. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely right. Anyway, getting back to speakers. Yeah, so yeah, sorry. the HomePod's been discontinued. Is that the end of the show? Um, yeah, so the HomePod was discontinued. Yeah, nobody seems too bothered by it, clearly. Um, I do think that just on the HomePod mini point, I think that um, I think it's a great speaker. I've got two of them, one either side of my desk, and I love them. I think the price point is brilliant on these. So, you know, what, $99? a bit more expensive in Canada, isn't it? $129? Yeah, everything's like more that. expensive here. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so... Yeah, I think that, I think quite right to focus on that. Can we talk about buttons though? Because I want to I want to get this in before we uh, have to disappear. Um, the, the alternative to echo buttons. Now, Sean, you're obsessed by these echo buttons. Tell us what these are first, so I can uh, lead into these this alternative that's out available now. They're buttons. So right, thanks. So yeah, <laughs> right, smart speakers. Right, they're amazing. You can great con- example of audio description. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How not to do description? <laughs> you can control. Uh, the smart speaker with your voice. That's why we love it. But there are times when it's inconvenient to do that. So Amazon brought out the uh, Amazon Echo buttons. Um, initially, they were brought out under the guise of, you know, they're like uh, quiz show buzzers. So for the games and quiz games, everyone has a button. If you know the answer, bang, hit the button and buzz, you're, you're it. You've got to give your answer. But more than that, you could use them to trigger routines so you could have a button by the side of your bed and when you pressed it it would turn on your security cameras turn off all the lights maybe lock the doors if you've got smart locks so it it took it further it was just another way to use the amazon echo uh, smart speaker but instead of using your voice you went back to the old days of using buttons and there's times when actually that's preferable and they were great but they don't always make them for the last I don't know how long. At least the last year, there have been they've been unavailable. You cannot get them from Echo. They seem to make them, and then they're unavailable. I have no idea if they're coming back. But now there is an alternative. 
Oh. oh, yeah, this is quite exciting. So it's called the Flick 2, F L I C, Flick uh, Smart Button. Uh, version 2 is out. And the reason I'm bringing it up is for exactly that reason. The reason it's a, uh, an alternative now to the buttons is because it now has Lady A capability. So there's a skill which you can connect to the Flick button. Before, I think it was, it worked with, I mean, it worked with pretty much everything. It worked with the, uh, Ikea system, it worked with Sonos, it worked with Spotify, even with IFTTT, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, you could create all kinds of things with it. But yeah, basically, it's just a button that you, you click and it will do things. But like you say, you might think, oh, well, you know, if this is just another button to turn on, on and off a light, what's the point? But it's not. It's like you say, it's these routines that you can set up. Now, Mark, I know you've been working a lot on this. Mm-hmm. You would, this is something I imagine you, I know you're looking to do it wirelessly or through NFC or, or not or even wirelessly. I want to do but, it. I want to do it uh, completely autonomously. <laughs> oh. you, you just wanted to do it. You wanted to see your mind. I wanted Punches. to know exactly what's going on. This is what I've done. So I, I might've mentioned this last week, but I've created a, um, a, I guess a shortcut, an iOS shortcut that when it knows based on my location, things to do. So for example, if I'm away from the home and I, and I return to my home or within 500 meters of my home, it will automatically say, Mark, would you like me to open the garage? And it waits for my response. If I say yes, it will do it. And if I say no, it'll just carry on. But I can also say yes and unlock the door. And what it'll do, it'll open the garage and it will unlock the door from the garage to my home. Now, people ask me, well, why don't you make it do it automatically? Well, here, here's the catch at the end of the day. If you're you know, getting hijacked or someone's trying to forcibly get you into a home or something, you don't want the door to automatically unlock just when you get near it, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah. No, this is great. I mean, it, it does seem really cool. Uh, just one thing I want to mention as well, um, and this kind of, uh, so it's interesting, right? For, for Double Tap TV, uh, Mark and I use a Spotlight. Uh, so we can be seen in beautiful color uh, on television, or in my case, seen. Um, and I, uh, I have a bit of an issue with this because the, the light is very high up on my uh, little desk. Or actually, not my desk, just where it, where it sits. It's quite high up. And um, I've got to reach all the way up to push that Stand button to turn up. it on. That's it's a disgrace. I've got to reach as well. I've got to hold the button in for a couple of seconds. And Ugh. and I keep thinking, surely there's a way. Surely there's smart technology out there that I could buy that could just push this button for me. And there is. Uh, it's called the SwitchBot. Um, I'm going to have one of these on order. I'm sure if the company won't send me one after talking about it like this. Um, because this sounds pretty cool, right? Basically, you can use it for all kinds of different things. But if you have got a switch, a physical switch that you cannot make smart, then you can use this uh, little box, which has <laughs> almost like a little finger on it. It does. It's goes, like a little nub. That goes, <laughs> it's a robot thing. Yeah. It's exactly yeah, what it is. Basically it, yeah. And I mean, I think and this is great for a lot of disabled people as well, people who can't physically reach switches or whatever it might be and want to know how to, to you know, make their home smarter but also more uh, accessible to them. This could be great there as well. But there's other things like they've got the smart bot curtain. Yes, so you can this make is a great. Smart. Have you seen yeah, this Yeah, I'm quite keen on that. Yeah, that's, that's really nice. Because I've seen a lot of these for blinds, but this is for curtains, which is kind of cool. I think this is just new. Um, it but again, was, it started as a Kickstarter campaign, and all it does, it's really neat. Oh. It just sits on a rod. So if you have curtains that are on a rod style, or even ones that have like the little uh, little mechanism to kind of slide in the, the top, I guess, track, Yeah. Um, it just sits on the rod. Like it like literally just hangs oh. on the rod, and it has a motor that just drives it left to right. It's really cool. Wow. Um, you can even do stuff with the, 
I mean, I see there's one video on the website, which I think is that's like a Roomba or something they've got. And they're showing you uh, it pressing a button on the Roomba. I mean, surely you can just do that with your smart speaker, right? But you know, like air conditioning units or any of those kind of things or just switches generally around the home. And I've got a couple. We've got, um, we've got outside lights all around the perimeter of our house. And it'd be nice to be able to put them on and off when we're not in the house. Uh, and again, that that's not a smart switch. So I could make it a smart switch potentially, but I think something like this is nice and easy. You can just drop it on. You're going to spend about maybe $100 for the whole kit, and that's, you know, getting maybe three buttons with the hub. Um, but, you know, I mean, all these things cost money, right? What can yeah. you do? Uh, but it, but the, the point is that this is available as an option. So, and I think this kind of makes the the analog digital. This is when you can see the kind of analog digital switch. Yes, yeah, it's so retrofitting, cool, isn't it? You know, yeah, if you put it yeah. on, if you've got a heating system which isn't smart, there's no way to control it. It's, it's basically a button or a, a flick switch and add one of these on and it's a smart heat there's got to be some kind of annoying thing I can do with this to annoy to my your mother in law I'm sure <laughs> can I, yes. I can make it flush the toilet <laughs> oh that would be great how big is the little nub <laughs> well, well hey, listen to it think about it right that could work because you know uh, COVID times you don't want to get your hands dirty I tried hey. to make a heated uh, t- uh, heated toilet seat but the coils and your bum no whew, not good not, and not with water nearby. No, not no, with water very nearby. Bad, yeah. Very bad. That's a story for another show. <laughs> yes, exactly, please. yeah. I think we'll save that one until next week. Uh, stick around. We're going to talk about CSUN. They had the big technology uh, showcase uh, over the last week when they talk about some of the ridiculously expensive tech that came out of that. And Mark is going to take a drive on the show blindfolded. <laughs> this is Double Tap Canada. We'll be back in a moment. This is Double Tap Canada. Have your say right now. Call or text 1-844-971-1999 or email feedback at ami.ca. Now, back to the show. Let's talk a bit about CSUN, which happened over the last week. And uh, very interesting to read about some of the products that came out. The biggest news was the uh, BrailleSense 6, uh, as well as the uh, BrailleSense Polaris Mini. These are Braille displays. Uh, the BrailleSense 6 is new and exciting to some because it has got Android 10 on it. Woohoo! Android 10, guys! It's the future! Um, and it costs $5,000. So, you know, if you're into your Braille displays, then brilliant! Uh, if you've got five grand spare... $5,000? $5,000. And you can access all the Google you can eat. Um, yeah, th- th- this is definitely one for education. This is definitely one for employment. I don't know of many people out there, unless you really love your Braille displays and you've got a lot of money lying around, you're going to jump out and get. But uh, yes, they're still going out there. It's a lot of money for what it is, isn't it? I mean, you think, Sean, the, the cost of these things. And compared to things like the Orbit as well, we're seeing Why? more lower cost. It's is a- this like broadcast equipment? They can make, you know, they charge more money because they can? I, well, well the, it's, the it's, argument is it's a it's, small market. It's a small market. And yeah. th- that is true. It is a small market. But um, it's getting harder and harder to justify that. I, from a tech point of view, I just, I, I bulk at the, the the sort of last gen tech that's being used. I understand why, but it's like the El Brel, that laptop, you know, when it was first released, it was using components which you'd laugh at even at the time you know and yet it was a premium price i i get it's a niche market but still i do i do struggle with these but look there was a lot of um a lot of excitements about the braille sense wasn't there so you know there's obviously some sort of market 
just not me. Uh, it comes with six gig memory. Um, it's got an octa-core CPU, 128 gig storage. Um, I mean, this is impressive. It, you can mix audio tracks, live stream video and more with off-the-shelf peripherals on top of this, which is kind of cool. Be- bearing in mind, this is almost a laptop in itself, right? It can do it all itself. But it's running Android, uh, Android 10. Um, and you can share visually with USB-C, so you can ditch the screen and you can um, you know, share visually with a single cord if you want to do that as well. Um, it's, yeah, this is a really difficult thing for me. I mean, I think if you're into Braille and, and you know, obviously if you're really into your Braille, uh, you're going you're gonna to be interested in this. Bear in mind, I will say this about Hims and other companies that make these, especially like Humanware and Freedom Scientific, these machines last a long time. So you'll buy one today and you'll have it for about 10 years. Um, the only downside to that is you will not get 10 years worth of Android updates. In fact, there's no even, not even a guarantee that you'll get no. Android 11. No. Um, so, you know, that's the, the kind of part of this. You, you know, it means that these, this kit gets very old. I mean, I was looking at one, um, I mentioned before about the Mantis Q40, the new Braille display from Humanware, which has got the QWERTY keyboard in it. We talked about it on, on Double Tap TV, Mark. And it's a really lovely piece of kit. It's two and a half thousand pounds here. Uh, so it's a lot of cash to spend. It's a very considered purchase. Um, I've even offered um, Martin at Humanware the, the, the HomePods I have as trade-in. <laughs> it didn't seem particularly interesting. He's not biting. He's not biting. It's no, no fun. Uh, yeah, I know. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> but, you know, the problem with all this is, is that, you know, it, it's it's great today, but how how good will that be in a few years' time? You know, how useful will it be? And it's a lot of money to put out. Mm. So I'm a bit a bit nervous about that. But anyway, it's it's available if people want it. And as I say, education-wise and uh, employment-wise, I think that that's where these products will, will come into their own. And they will last the test of time, which is, is something. Um, I also wanted to bring up this week um, a game. That, now, we don't often talk about games. I certainly don't. Uh, but I wanted to mention a game that has been uh, doing the rounds on Twitter. So lots of people, lots of my friends on Twitter um, talking about this called Blind Drive. Oh, boy. Uh, we decided, Sean and I decided to buy this game. I, You know, I don't play them very often, these kind of games. No. Uh, I got to... What did, what did you get to, Sean? You got further than me. Uh, I think it was level three. The, there was a cuckoo involved. I don't know. But, yeah, I got... I, you know what? I was enjoying it, so I kept playing it. It was cool, I thought. Well, I got to level one and I got bored. Uh, I, I crashed too many times. It was just a, a, a ridiculous. Uh, basically, the theme of the game is it is a audio sensory game. So the whole thing is audio based. Um, you put on a pair of headphones okay. and the stereo audio gives you positioning of where you are. You're driving down the road, at least on level one, you're driving down the road and there's cars coming at you from left and right and you have to swerve to avoid them. Um, by holding the left side of the screen or holding the right side of the screen. <laughs> and then, you know, you essentially get out the way of the cars that are coming. And if you don't, well, you get what you get. Now, Mark is, uh, we, we, we thought we should put Mark to a test. We don't really know how this is going to work on the radio, so no, we're going to try so it. I, so I plugged my phone into 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 this mixer here. Okay. So hopefully we can all hear what's going on. So I'm going to... Now, I will say this, that, that we will be beeping out some of the language because there's a little bit of choice language in this game. It's not for the kids, I yes. would say. No, it's definitely um, mature. Was that, so 12? Should I, should I tell you what's going on here? It says, be, please put, please put headphones that. on. Okay. Please put headphones on. Tap to continue. Are you using Bluetooth? No. Which side is the fly on? Oh, there it is. Yeah, here's the problem, though, is the way I plug it into my mixer here. It's, it's mono. mono. It's mono. <laughs> well, this so is on both sides. It's on the um, right and left. Uh, I'm going to go left. Let's pick a side, yeah. Excellent. It's time to drive. 
Okay. So this is going to be 50-50, Mark. If left Press or right? Because you can't hear where the car's coming from. Start new game, choose chapter options. Uh, okay. Um, okay. Uh, okay. Well, there's a bit of an intro story. So how do I stop this? I don't care. You can't oh, skip. On. I don't think. No. But it's giving me game settings, audio settings, difficulty, back. Yeah, go to oh, difficulty. Start new game. There we go. Start new yeah. game. Let's go easy. Yeah, that's oh, what I did. Oh, <laughs> come on. But here's the difference is that I can see what it says on the screen. Oh, now it's now it's blank. So there are some yes. visuals on the screen as well. There's is it actual picture of a car in the middle or uh, just a line? No, now it's when the game is playing, it's Donnie here. I mean test subject number. Uh no, there's nothing on the screen now, guys. It's completely blank. Okay. What? Uh yeah. So they're not going to talk got, you through how the game uh, works. 46. Uh, yeah. Hey, the ad said nothing about a blindfold. And the, the cuffs... Uh, There's a little story here. I like the stories. <laughs> yes, and I will say the audio quality is brilliant. No, I like no, them. no. Fine. Whatever. Whatever. I'm cool, man. I'm cool. Okay. Cool. Hey, your experiment's half an hour, yeah? Because I've got a date later. Yeah, and we've got three minutes. Late, no, <laughs> <laughs> you're blindfolded. You're handcuffed in a car. They're hey, controlling it. Back. You're going to be going against traffic. Hey, and what the hell? you can only steer left or right. Hey, wait. That's the basics. Hey. Oh, hey. Okay. The brakes will work. The car is remote controlled. Except the wheel. That's on you. This thing's going against traffic, man! Relax. Now, pay attention. Do you have ears? What? Do you have ears? Yes. So, use them. <laughs> Listen for approaching cars. Hear which side they're coming from. Oh, mono. Awesome. Good luck, Mark. <laughs> well, how will I know? Here comes one. Uh, guessing. Nope. Ah! Oh, Wrong side. Yeah, well. Okay, that's yeah. not going to work in mono for you. No, but I mean, but we get the idea, you get the right? Idea. Yeah, you get, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. actually a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. I bet you go playing that later. I bet you do. Oh, Lord. Yeah, that's good fun. Um, it's, it's a good it's a good game. And, you know, this is the thing. Moving towards these audio-based games is kind of cool. And I like the fact that, you know, the game has got a bit of maturity to it, Sean. It's not, you know, the kind of typical blind yeah. game where no one's allowed to swear or say anything wrong. Absolutely. It's, it's a mature game. It's, it's fun and it works well. The sound <laughs> is really good as well. I really like it. It's also available on Windows and Mac. If you buy the Windows version, you get the Mac uh, version for free. Oh, nice. And if you buy the Mac version, you get the Windows version for free as well. So. But if you buy the iPhone version, you don't get the Mac version for free. I've got to buy it again. You have. Yes. Yeah, sorry. <sighs> It's great, though. I'm really enjoying no, it. No, it is good. It's good fun. I like those games. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Anyway, um, quick word on the Town Hall, Mark. We'd mentioned it last week, Double Tap TV Town Hall. Do you want to give people a reminder of how people yeah, can... Yeah, head on over to ami.ca slash dt dash or hyphen uh, Town Hall, and you can sign up to join us on some live tapings of some pretty exclusive shows. We're going to be doing four of them throughout the months of uh, May, June, July, and August. Special guests, uh, not telling you whom, and fun mm. themes. So do check that out, because you could actually be on the show. Are we... Uh, we didn't do this in Clubhouse this week, did we? We did not do this on Clubhouse Did, did we week. forget, or did we just decide not to? I can't remember. I didn't promote it, so I figured let's let's wait and we can maybe do it again next week. Yeah. Enjoyed doing that last time. Wonder that what was people fun. It was fun it. talking to people yeah. during the breaks. Uh, listen, that's it for us this week. Thank you so much for being here. If you've got something to say, you can always get in touch. The details are coming up. Do keep in touch with us here on Double Tap. 
Canada. Don't forget Double Tap TV every Tuesday, 8.30pm Eastern. And uh, from Mark Bye-bye. That was hard to do. Sean Priest as well. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening and keep your feedback coming. Call 1-844-971-1999 and leave us a voicemail. Email feedback at ami.ca. We're also on Twitter at Double Tap Canada and on Facebook. Can't wait till next week? Ask your smart speaker to play Double Tap Canada or listen on the podcast app of your choice. Thanks for listening. Catch you again next time. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca.